Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 339, Mid-Season Recap, and I am your co-host, and the guy who is recording on location once again this week. So right this second, I am in lovely Massachusetts and hoping to fill a tag in the morning. And I'm sure you will, but I'm your co-host and the guy who's expecting a late hatch this year. Huh. Why do you think so? And, I mean, I know you know this, but so you're you're talking about for your area, the West Tennessee area. Yeah, I think specifically in, you know, my hometown we were told that it would be about November when the hatch would occur. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you told that by? Is his name Dr. What? What's his name? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. it, It's just one particular hen that resides in my household that's supposed to hatch in November, supposedly. Oh, really? <laughs> well, congratulations, yes, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's sitting there. She wanted to be hey, part Andy. of Hey, Andy. Hey, Audrey, congratulations. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> so excited for you guys. This old hen's going to have a baby. All right. <laughs> it's going to be a Polt in the Weddington household. That's yeah. right. Young Polt's on the way. Man, that is so exciting. I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you. You totally caught me off guard with that. I was like... <laughs> Uh, so, who in the world thinks that there's going to be a hatch in November? <laughs> there for a little bit, I was like, does he get it? Does yeah, secretary didn't, so I started getting a little more specific, but yeah. yeah. When, you oh, said, when you said Dr. So-and-so, it was like, oh, wait a minute, now I'm catching on. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, so we're having a baby, we found out the gender this week, actually, and uh we're pretty excited about it and, you know, strategically planned it to where the baby would arrive not during turkey season. Or so, duck season. Yes, right. Well, it's right before duck season, so right. it might hurt me a little bit there, but, you know, I don't really care about that as much. But yeah. we are excited, so I thought I'd share that with you. Man, I, I am pumped for you guys. That is awesome. Yeah, we'll have to call Tammy and let her know as well. Well, so I was just about to text her, so I'm going to let you guys tell her. All right, I'll yeah. tell Audrey can go call her while we're finishing this show. But yeah, there it is. A late hatch for me. That was that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> that is awesome. I am so excited for y'all. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. But back to the, you know back to important things with the turkeys. Uh, I'm all distracted now. <laughs> I'm no I'm good. <laughs> I'm no good for the rest of the show. We may as well just say thank you guys for tuning in this week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Right. We're pumped about it. So. Heck yeah. Cool. Yes, sir. So yep. in case you guys listening haven't figured out, I had no earthly idea. No, I decided to do it. I thought it'd be kind of fun to do it live on the show. <laughs> yeah, man. We had no idea. And, uh, you know, we wanted to wait until we got a pretty good ways into it to make sure that there weren't any complications because it's a lot easier to, you know, not tell people than right. it is tell a bunch of people and then something happened and have to retell a bunch of people the bad news so yeah. we we wanted to wait till we felt like we were pretty good ways out into the clear and we are now so very cool and you said you have the you'll know the gender this week yeah so we she did a blood test which they can figure out the gender so early now it's unbelievable yeah you know? And so we're going to know this week what the gender will be. It should be either a boy or a girl, I'm hoping. It should be. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll have either a Jake or a Jenny. Yes. Yeah. And I hope, you know, yeah, just yeah. as long as it's healthy, I'll be happy either way. Probably right. be in the wild turkey's best interest if it was a Jenny. But, you know, if it is a, a boy and he takes up turkey hunting, that'd be quite fun for me. Yeah. As long as it has eight toes and a beak and two wings <laughs> and a tail fan everything's good yeah then we're happy yeah, yeah. that's right awesome yeah yeah so that's that's part of my mid-season update having a kid you know <laughs> found that out this turkey season uh-huh very yeah. cool very cool good deal man well how do we transition from that to what we're going to talk about this evening well i said we just go into it i'm Sorry to throw a wrench in there, but I thought that'd be fun to talk about. No, but that's no wrench. That's great news. On top of that blessing, I know the Lord has blessed me immensely with my turkey hunting this year, and I believe he's blessing you too. So we've got had lots of good experiences this season. We have. That's for sure. It's been 
Gosh, well, you know, we're winding down here on Alabama season. In fact, we are five days, 22 hours, 46 minutes, and zero seconds away from the end mm. of Alabama's turkey season, which is over from already. Yeah, man, that's that's hard to hear. I believe we're 17 days, 23 hours, and zero minutes, and 56 seconds from Tennessee's season ending. Yeah. So that's closing in as well and you know so but my season will for sure be over next friday will be my last day hunting tennessee so i got you know i still have a couple of days we'll see what happens uh you know this year i just there's not as many turkeys or at least not as many living ones at this stage of the game as there was last year so it's it's going to be pretty tough to find another one yeah but we'll talk about that more you know with this week's show you know so with with the mid-season update because it's been a really interesting season for me i would say and like really unique in many aspects yeah well so what we're doing this week with a mid-season update is i told cameron i said hey if you can come up with four questions for me i'll come up with four questions for you and we'll both answer our questions yeah i think that's a great idea and just chat about that a little bit and so just a quick rundown for me is I killed two birds in Alabama. I helped two other people kill a bird each in Alabama, and I missed a bird in Alabama. Yeah, you had to do that. Absolutely, I had to. (laughs) Wouldn't be right to go a season without missing. No, that's no fun. That's not, if you cannot catch and release turkey hunt, that's no fun. Yeah, that's right. Killed one in Utah. I killed one in Maryland. I killed one in Delaware. And so, oh, I've seen two, now, two different hens get bred by two different gobblers in two different states. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And in the middle of a heck of a trip so far, so. Yeah, you're not done yet by any means. (laughs) No, no. And then you and I have another trip coming up, and I believe Scott's going to join us and I've mentioned something to Chip about joining us on that hunt at the end of May. And so, you know, there's more to come. Not enough, but there's more to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, never enough, but make make do with what we can. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's just a quick rundown for me. Give me a quick rundown on yours. So we started in Utah and I got a bird and then came back here i went to georgia did not shoot but had a turkey within gun range didn't make it happen he saw the final move then i was in alabama the next weekend and killed a gobbler in south alabama and then the next weekend was easter and i was headed to florida to hunt osceolas and i stopped in a north alabama area to turkey hunt on the way down to kind of break up the drive and I killed another Alabama turkey and then went to Florida and got my Osceola and then came back from Florida and Tennessee season was open and got my first Tennessee bird and then it was off to Nevada I believe from there and so I went to Nevada and got that state done which was once that happened I was like hey been a good season no matter what happens been a good season so went to Nevada and got that turkey Oh, and the day before I left for the day I left for Nevada, actually, that Friday, I called up a turkey for a guy for his first bird. And so that was really a neat experience. For me. Yeah. And got to see him get his first bird, the excitement that brought him. So then Nevada, then I got home from Nevada, killed my second turkey in Tennessee the next morning, and then went to Virginia, 
with you, got it done in Virginia, and then got it done in Maryland, and then got another turkey in Tennessee this past Thursday. Mm-hmm. And on the Hope Outdoors hunt this weekend, had a great shot opportunity after, you know, we hunted really hard and got this guy a chance at a gobbler at about 22 yards, and he shot him, and he hit him pretty good, which is kind of sad at this point, but he hit him hard, but the bird was too tough. And we looked, I looked harder for that turkey than anything I've ever looked for in my life, but I never could find him. Yeah. That's his, his wings were working good so he could fly and his legs were the problem, I believe, you know, the guy got to see it and he had a blast. You know, we didn't, you know, obviously give him a hard time or anything. We were really encouraging and he's, I think he had a really fun time, and so we I had a great time hunting with him and, and the other his brother and another guy that hunted with us, and so it was a fun time, but yeah, it was heartbreaking to see him you know, hit the bird and us not be able to recover him is always tough, but even with that one, it was even tougher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's a brief summary of my season. It's been, if I don't hear another gobble, which I hope I do, but if I don't, I had a good 2021. I can close it out with a smile on my face. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, do you want to rip your first question? Yeah, let's do that. I've got, I think, some pretty decent questions for you. So I'll be the judge of that. I want to know, since you brought up the Hope Outdoors hunt, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from this hunt this season because you've done that. You've participated in those hunts with them for several years. Yeah. What one or two things have you learned about participating in those hunts that makes you want to continue to do it? Yeah. You know, the the thing for me when I first started with those hunts was I thought, you know, I really want this guy to kill a deer or a turkey, you know, whatever we're hunting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kill is so important and everything. And, and it, you know, you do still want that in some aspect, but those first years is putting a lot of pressure on myself in that regard. And I finally just came to the realization that these people that come do these hunts, you know, some of them are severely disabled. We've had two of our past hunters have passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, which wow. is, I mean, that is an God, awful, awful disease. And so you see that kind of thing happen. And a lot of these people were wheelchair bound and all this other stuff. Yeah, they want to kill something. You know, everybody does. But for them, being in hunting camp, just being at deer camp or turkey camp, you know, hanging out with a bunch of hunters and you're all just sharing stories and eating dinner and, you know, shooting the breeze, kind of enjoying hunt camp together. That's really it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that right there, everybody's on the same level. We're all here to hunt and have a good time and you know, and then to go get in the blind in the morning and see the sunrise and get to, you know, be out in the mud and doing all that stuff. I mean, that that's it. You know, that it's, it's given me an appreciation of like noticing the fellowship and the, you know, nature aspect of just getting and sitting and witnessing nature mm-hmm. and, and enjoying it rather than just, I need to kill, I need to kill, I need to kill, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I still catch myself getting in that mode every now and then, but you know, those are kind of some things that I, after the first year I went, I'm like, I'm not, I can't miss this. Like I, I gotta, I gotta be here and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm a pretty selfish person with my turkey season and I'm very selfish actually in my own opinion, but, and I'll have years where, you know, it's like, man, I really would rather not go do this. I'd rather, you know, go try to kill a Kentucky turkey or something. But then when I get there, I'm like, I'm so glad I came. I 
this this blesses me way more than I'm helping anybody else. It's awesome time. So yeah, that's one thing that I've I've really put on the schedule and you know tried to make sure I can be there every year for those. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we pulled off a deer hunt last year in kind of the heart of COVID, which was really impressive. <laughs> that one was really difficult, but you know, it was pretty normal this year for the yeah. turkey. Yeah, so was- I bet. Well, you know, I've not participated in any Hope Outdoors hunts, but I I have taken taken a disabled hunter hunting on a turkey mm-hmm. hunt, and you know what I took away from that was that yes, it's more effort and more work, but it sure doesn't seem like it, not at all. Oh no! And yeah. you know, to me, that was it, and and I guess when I thought about you know possibly donating time or you know taking someone who's disabled hunting before I thought okay well, uh, am I equipped to do this am I yeah. equipped to handle the responsibility but I really don't have to be equipped there you know if it's someone who hunts regularly who's disabled they've got everything they need yeah and if it's someone who is trying to get into hunting who is disabled well, there's plenty of great organizations out there like Hope Outdoors and, you know, other organizations like that that can provide those things that that disabled hunter would need. Whether yeah. it's camo, in, you know, I don't want to say this too loud on the show, I might have an extra shotgun, <laughs> I might have an extra deer rifle, I might have extra shells. I'm not that concerned about that part of it. I've got extra camo. I've got extras everything. Yeah. The essentials, you know, if it's if it's a special mechanism that they use to or need to use to shoot, then most of those disabled hunters will have that kind of stuff. And again, if they don't, then there's organizations that do that can provide that. And so it's really not as much work as I thought that it would be. And I had a blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If anybody is listening to this, because Hope Outdoors has chapters in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama, I believe, and maybe, I think, Arkansas. If you know somebody that's disabled and they want to go hunting, I mean, we provide everything. Pay for the licenses, hotel rooms, food, lodging, everything's included. Land to hunt on, track chairs, sip and puff if they need it for shooting. We have everything. So, you, you know. Just sign up online and participate in one of the hunts if you know somebody or are disabled yourself. It's anybody, any age with any, you know, disability is welcome. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that it definitely is, is something else. I know. I'm sure from your experience with it, when you got done with the hunt, you're probably like, man, I feel like, you know, that blessed me more than I feel like I did for that person. <laughs> yeah. And I killed a turkey on that hunt. You killed a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i took josh josh carney he came yeah. and spoke at our hunt yeah so yeah i took josh carney hunting turkey hunting and that particular morning that i hunted he told me he said man I, my back is spasming just something awful and i'm i'm not going to be able to go and enjoy myself this morning mm. you know I, I need i need to just stay here at the camp and so I went out and killed the bird that we had called in and tried to kill the afternoon before. And hey, he was he was excited for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, and 
you know, he had everything that he needed to hunt. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he had the track chair, and it was just, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah he's an interesting fellow. He's got a crazy story, but. He does. Super yeah. nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. So well, I'll jump into my first question I was going to ask you. Okay. When you think back on the first half of this season, what is one thing that you have learned or learned not to do from a hunt this season? You know, what's what's one thing that you stands out to you when you think, hmm, I made a mistake there and I, need, I don't want to make that mistake again? Or, you know, you just saw something in the woods that you'd never seen before and you learned something from it. Has there been anything like that that sticks out to you from the 2021 first half of season? That's a good question. So, you know, I think a lot of states have a season that comes in a little bit too early. Mm -hmm. And those early season hunts, I think that we put ourselves in a pretty bad position as far as being successful on those hunts when we don't do two things. When we don't get up early enough to be in the woods well before gobbling time and don't make a move on the first bird that gobbles mm. and mid-season late season i would never make a move on the first bird that gobbled but early really? season yeah i i want to find the hottest bird and so <laughs> I, I but you know me as well you know that i don't call to a bird on the roost yeah that's true so there's no reason for me to be there underneath the tree that that bird is in mid to late season mm. and there have been plenty of times when I finally picked a bird to be on after he flew down mm -hmm. mid to yeah. late season. But early season, I've learned that I need first bird that gobbles. I need to be going after that bird and I need to be underneath the tree that he's roosted in. Not literally, but I need to be that close to that bird because he's got hens with him. Yep. And my opportunity to be in position to kill that bird is limited. My time is limited yep. to be in a position to kill that bird. Mm. And so, you know, that's something that I really kind of focused on this year. And early in the season, I think I did a pretty decent job of that. And mm -hmm. I haven't hunted at home late season. But, yeah, and you're not going to. <laughs> and I'm not going to, but these states that I'm in, it's early season. Mm. So that's what I'm doing. And so far, it's been pretty successful. Very cool. Yeah. How about for you? Well, to your point, I will say sometimes early season, I've found that the gobblers will fly down first before the hens because I feel like they're more eager, to, you know, get things rocking. And if you're in tight enough, you got, I mean, it's maybe a couple minutes that you might can get that bird in range. Yeah. You, you'd be the first hen on the ground and be aggressive as soon as you see him. I like to see him pitch out. As soon as his toes touch the ground, I get aggressive with him. I've killed a bunch of turkeys that have come right up. And then right before I shoot him, I notice hens pitching down behind him. And I'm like, man, if I hadn't killed him quick, it wouldn't have happened yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a good point. That's a very good point. But I'll answer the question also. But I hunt differently than you in that aspect, I'd say, because when I hear a turkey gobble, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And... I guess it's because, you know, people probably think, you know, after watching YouTube this year and everything in Tennessee is God's glory land over here full of turkeys, but... It is. Well, I've heard more than one turkey gobble this year one time, and that was opening day. I heard two birds gobble opening day, hmm. and that's that's the only time I've heard multiple turkeys gobble this season. So, I don't... I never... 
I mean, even I was looking at my records from last year. I heard multiple turkeys gobble six days of Tennessee season last year. All the rest were either zero or one. So it, you know, <laughs> I guess with that being the case here, like when I hear one, I'm I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. So that, that just kind of is how I've had more success with that because I used to, you know, wait or if I know that there's a bunch of turkeys in there and usually I've done my scouting and know, then I'll sit and wait if I think, okay, there's one closer probably, or, you know, there's multiple birds, but I just, I don't ever hear multiple birds. Like it, when I hear more than one Turkey gobble in a morning, I, I consider it an exceptional morning for that year. So, wow. it, you know, but no, you know, this is the glory land of Tennessee and it's just been crazy, but I'll talk about that a little bit in a, little, in a while. I got some statistics that might blow your mind for gobbling activity this year versus last year. Yeah. Sure. But to answer my question, uh, the one thing I learned is, and it really stands out to me, A, I'll say there's A and B. A, in Alabama, seeing a gobbler with a hen, totally silent, and then bred her, and she left, and then he just started hammering. And then I got to see a hen walk, another hen walk up, get with him, an hour goes by, him strutting around her, breeds her, she leaves, he starts hammering again. Getting to see that helped me realize what's going on in the turkey woods a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to witness firsthand that he's sitting there totally silent, but as soon as he gets alone, that's when he started rapid gobbling. And so that made me realize, you know, when you hear one start doing that at 10 o'clock in the morning, you better get up there and move in. <laughs> yeah. Because he's that that's what just happened. So seeing that kind of opened my eyes to the true breeding cycle of the turkey, which has been interesting. And then the other thing I'd say I learned was in Maryland, when I missed that turkey with you, not with you, but on the same farm that you were hunting, you don't have to sit down to kill turkeys. And I need to, I have got to get that through my thick skull. Yep. Because the terrain dictated that if I could stand, I could see everything, but when I sat, I could see almost nothing. And I screwed myself by sitting down, and the turkey ended up five yards to my right before I ever knew he was there. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was coming, but I sat down. So I have got to get it through my thick skull that I can stand up and shoot turkeys. I don't, it just doesn't feel right yet, but I got to make it feel right. Yeah. So that those are a couple things I've learned this year. Yeah, very cool. So you took one of my questions, which is perfectly fine, not a problem, <laughs> and and that was it. What is one thing that you learned or relearned so far this season? So perfect. And you gave two things, so there we go. And I gave two things. So my next question for you is, between traveling via air to Utah, Nevada, and D.C., or by car to Florida, what have you learned about traveling to hunt that you know that you think will be helpful for others to know? I think one thing I've kind of realized with my flights, especially, if you have the capability and, you know, work can dictate, but, you know, I did, I needed to work so I could not fly out and I had to use the last flight of the day. Mm-hmm. If you can avoid that, that would be good because... For instance, going to Nevada, my plane got delayed because of a thunderstorm that lasted 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but that set me back and all this other stuff. And it's the last flight of the day. So I ended up not making it to Nevada by the next morning to hunt. 
So I would say I kind of learned it would be a lot better if I had flown out earlier in the day. And if all those delays and stuff happened, I probably still would have made it by that evening. So that, you know. And the other thing I've learned, carrying a gun is really, really easy. Yeah. I was very nervous about it. And it it was very easy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that depends on what airports you fly into or out of. But yes, it is much easier than people think it is. Yeah, and I mean, the I don't know, the people who deal with it, they've done it before, so it's not like you're shocking them by bringing a gun. They're, they're pretty easy about it. So it, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy, and yeah, so I'd say those are a couple things I've learned. You know, if you got a big trip planned, like Nevada for me was a huge deal. I really didn't want to miss the first morning, so <laughs> I would suggest maybe not waiting and, and going out on the last 7.30 p.m. flight. Maybe try to get out there a little earlier, but, and if you are checking a gun, try to get to the airport probably an extra half hour before when you typically would, because it does take a little more time waiting on TSA and things like that than it does to just check a regular bag. So I would, I would plan on a little extra time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd say that's about it. Flying definitely can be, you know, advantageous. It kind of has to be done for certain states. I still will say I prefer driving just because I like having all my stuff, but I'm not going to be opposed to flying, although I will only fly with Delta now, but I won't be opposed Delta. Cameron, Cameron has a long position on Delta stock. Yes, yes. I'm shorting American, shorting Boeing, shorting everything but Delta. I'm going to buy Delta stock because they are the bomb. I've had zero issues with Delta flights and I have had every other issue in the world with other flights. I'm going Delta. There you have it. Fly Delta because Cameron does. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Have you learned anything travel-wise this year? You know, I have. And one thing I'm going to say is something that we all know. You just touched on it just then, but I really can't stress it enough. When we experience road rage when we're driving, probably 90% of the time it's because we're running late because we didn't plan well enough on the front end to save ourselves the stress during the process of traveling. And a trip through the airport with a firearm is much, much less stressful when you're at the airport 30 minutes to an hour ahead of when you'd normally go to catch your flight. So that's one thing. The other thing, something that we need to know for next turkey season, is that you're going to have to have the star ID on your driver's license for a star ID period. Good point. Or a passport in order to travel domestically. Go ahead now. Well, maybe not now. It's turkey season. May, June. Go ahead and get the star on your ID. Get your star ID handled so you don't have to worry about that next year. So I haven't done it yet. I'm going to go and do that, but I haven't done it yet. So I'm going to throw one more thing out. And this is actually something that you brought up in a conversation you and I had off of the show about traveling and hunting. You told me that when you went to Utah, you didn't check a bag other than your gun, that you just did a carry-on. So yeah, I always have a carry-on because I always take at least one computer well on this trip that i'm on i had to bring two computers i've got my podcast computer and i've got my work computer so two computers with me and i thought how am i going to travel with two computers 
as my carry-on. And then I said, well, I'm going to check two bags. I'm going to check a suitcase, check a gun case. I need to bring two computers. I'll just have another carry-on bag. So if you bring a carry-on bag big enough for your, I'm talking about me, everybody's going to be a little bit different. But if you have a carry-on bag big enough for computers and some extra clothes or maybe binoculars or something else that might put your other two bags over the weight limit, then you've got to fall back. You've got to fail safe to where you can take something out of your two check bags to make those under 50 pounds each and put Mm. those in your carry-on and take them with you. Boots are heavy. So if you have a carry-on that you can put boots in, generally your checked bags are weight. So Yeah. Well, don't forget you get a carry-on and an under-seat bag. Correct. Which could have been my computers or computer, but I didn't want to have it with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I carry. An under-seat bag, a very large carry-on that is, you know, probably over the 50-pound weight limit. And then I checked the gun. So... It works pretty good, you know, and then flying with meat is another thing I learned this year. If you can get it frozen solid, you can literally fly it in your carry-on. Oh, yeah. So you can freeze meat and fly it in a carry-on, so I froze it, wrapped it in my thickest clothing, hoodies and stuff for insulation, and then just flew home with it all day, and it was still rock solid when I got home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was a good question for sure. Yeah. What do you have for me? So this year... First half of the season in Alabama, what do you think the turkey population, from what you've heard from others and from your own eyes, better, equal, or worse than last season? Worse. Significantly? Slightly. Marginally. And I'm going, I'm basing that off of the number of gobbling turkeys that I hear or have heard in the mornings. Yeah. Do you, you know, I assume you're in kind of a loop of turkey hunters in Alabama. Do they concur with that opinion, you'd say? You know, I haven't really asked the question of, but I will. Not going to help us for this show, but I will. You know, last year I was hearing four to six different turkeys gobble in the mornings. And and I'm going to say this about last year. Alabama was just starting, in my opinion, at least the areas that I hunt, we're just starting to turn that we were seeing more turkeys and hearing more turkeys than we have in the past five years or so and COVID was a bad thing for the turkey population and I don't believe that anyone Uh listening to this show will say anything different but this year two to four so you know if you're looking at that statistically you would say well that's 50 percent or over 50 percent that's pretty drastic but I don't know when you hear you know you might hear four or five in the morning last year and this year you hear three or four you know it's not all that drastic so i'm i'm just going to say marginally worse and i hope that i'm right i hope it's not drastically worse talk to me about tennessee yeah so i think tennessee drastically worse Hmm. and and i have kind of statistically and i'm not going to complain about my season at all i've had a fantastic turkey in tennessee you know i'm yeah great hunt but last year on this date April 25th is when we're recording right now. I had heard 34 turkeys gobble from opening day until the 24th. So quite a few days of multiple turkeys. And most of those are different birds, you know. You know, who knows if one bird's the same as another one. But I had heard 34 turkeys gobble. 
Mm-hmm. This year I've heard five, and one of those was a Jake. <laughs> wow. So I've heard five turkeys gobble. I've killed three of them, and one was a Jake. And the other one, he gobbled off in the distance the day I killed one. So that, you know, I'm batting really well on my opportunities. Yeah. Now, after seeing how few turkeys I'm hearing, I'm kind of sad that I'm, I have killed these. But it is, I'm telling you, I have never, YouTube and, like, the promotion that Tennessee has gotten is is murdering our turkeys. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've talked to two game wardens, one yesterday and a different one today. And they, you know, I didn't even prompt them into saying anything. I just kind of said, you know, what, what's it looking like? And they said, I, I've never, to quote this game warden, it's crazy to me. I've never seen this many out-of-state tags in this county alone. It's triple the amount of last year, and we still have three weeks of season left. And he said, it's all the YouTube outdoor channel folks and literally everyone on Instagram saying Tennessee's the dream state for turkey. That's his words, not mine. So that's the game warden. I talked to a different county game warden. He said he's been writing tickets. Everybody he sees is all non-residents. And it's just, it's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. My One of my favorite places to hunt is the WMA. Last year during COVID, we hit like a record number of like 36 birds. I thought that was you know pretty impressive. And uh, I've talked about it before. We just hit 60 this year. And uh, I think 15 of them are jakes. So it... <laughs> I'm just, I'm pretty down right now, to be completely honest, in yeah. Tennessee, because I've never seen anything like it. The The bird numbers are definitely not where they were. I have seen some jakes, which has been really encouraging, but bird numbers are, are down. You know, I kind of expected them to be down some with the COVID year, but I think they're way down at this point in the season because they've just gotten hammered. Mm-hmm. So it... it We'll see what happens, but it's been a nuts year. So I would say Tennessee, for me, I'd say it's, it's pretty drastic. And I think it's going to be significantly worse next year than it was this year to start. Yeah, interesting. But we'll see. You know, I'm trying to keep a positive mindset, you know, at least with hunting and stuff. But I'm creeping into negativity on our populations around here. It's getting, getting rough. Yeah. Do you think that there's a chance since that study will be over the end of this year that the state will drop the bag limit to two? We'll see. I, you know, I can't figure out what I think the most prudent method to it would be because if they drop it to two, you're still not really saving that many turkeys in my opinion. I think rather than drop two, you know, keep it at three, but you can only kill one the first two weeks of season and you there's no telling how many turkeys you would say because everybody from Kentucky, everybody from Illinois, everybody from Arkansas, everybody from Missouri, they're all here for those first two weeks trying to start their season early. Mm-hmm. And if you only let them kill one bird rather than all three, that would really help. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, but I'm no biologist or anything, but you look at Chamberlain studies and we're killing too many too early kind of thing. Just make it one. How Missouri's done it for years. You know, a lot of states are kind of going that route, and I think I think that really can be a big deal, especially for a state that borders so many states that open two weeks after we open. <laughs> right. You know, North Carolina, uh, Kentucky, Illinois, Arkansas, Missouri. I mean, all those states open two weeks after us. So those people are coming here to hunt early, which you're all too familiar with that with being an Alabama resident, I'm sure. 
Yeah, and you know, there's a couple of ways you can fix that. You can move your season back. Yep. You can triple or quadruple the cost of an out-of-state license. Yep. Or you can do what you said. And personally, I hope other states don't do this. (laughs) Why not jack up the price of the out-of-state license? Yeah, or a combination. Increase the license cost, and you only get one bird early season, you know? Yeah, and push push the season back one week instead of two. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's... We'll see where they go with this study that, you know, they got that big study and I'm hoping that works for them. But, you know, they, they already have quite a few counties here that open two weeks later. You can only shoot two birds in those counties and you can only kill one bird per WMA in those counties. So I'm wondering if that's kind of their test framework for what they're planning to do with our season mm-hmm. statewide. You know, one other thing, and you just mentioned it about Tennessee, and I just now thought of that about Alabama. A state could bring their season in on all of their public land two weeks later. Yeah, that's what South Carolina does. You know, their private land opens, I think, March 20th, and public land opens April 1st. So, And I love the one bird per, you know, one bird limit per person on a WMA. I think that should be a thing. Yeah. Because... If I drive to Arkansas to turkey hunt and I kill one, you know, but I heard four different birds gobble, it'd be a lot easier to go kill another one than have to go find a whole new WMA and find turkeys. Right. (laughs) You're exactly right. So, I mean, that's a way where you're not limiting the opportunity to get a bird, but you're making it harder for somebody to come kill the whole flock of gobblers on one place. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. That question was kind of a loaded one for sure, but... That's just my opinion on Tennessee, and as far as gobbling data, which it's been beautiful most mornings here. We've had two rainy days. Gobbling-wise, it's been, hopefully they're just not gobbling, but it has been bad. The ones I have gotten on and killed gobbled very good, but, you know, I heard one bird, got in there and killed him. That was it. So we'll we'll see, but I I was expecting it because I didn't hear much gobbling preseason either. I kept just thinking, oh, it's just a late spring, late spring. Still a late spring, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. I, I started, it started creeping into my mind. I was like, maybe I'm not hearing much gobbling because they all got killed last year. Yeah, and this year. Yeah, and then this year, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. I didn't think it could ever get worse. Yeah. Anyway. So my next one for you is Virginia, Nevada, and Maryland are all new states for you to to put a green check mark by mm-hmm. in the super slam for this season halfway through. Which of those three is your favorite and why? It's tough. So, I mean, <laughs> if I could go back to one place and wanted to kill a turkey, it would be where we went in Virginia. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really big turkeys that gobbled really hard, and that place was managed very well by your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hunt was pretty memorable for me just because of the sheer gobbling. That's the, I think that's the second time in my life that I can say I heard. It, no, okay, I've heard it two other times. Early season when I was a youth hunter in winter, pretty much they were in the winter flock. But that was probably the fourth hunt in my life that I have heard more than five turkeys gobble in one morning. You know, on the roost and all identifiably different birds. I haven't listened to any of the audio from those two hunts. Me either. 
but I bet it's incredible. It has to be. So that was that was memorable wise for me because I just I love the gobble and when you sit down on those one of those few mornings in a lifetime where you're sitting down and turkeys are just gobbling. We had four or five goblin right behind us, like right behind us, and two or three goblin across the field on the other side. I mean, those those mornings are very few and far between. Yeah. So that was very memorable for me. Plus, we got to share it together and things like that. And, you know, but as far as I guess like relief to get and pressure relief. Killing in Nevada was a big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. No question. That, I was feeling the pressure there more so than any other state. So that one, and unique experience-wise, that was that was an extremely unique experience. Yeah. So, but and then, oh gosh, dude, what a question! You can't do that, man. Because <laughs> then I think about Maryland, and I'm like, what a roller coaster! I missed in the morning, was all down, kicking around, and then Slamming strike another bird. And, kill one at 11 to 30 you know that that day and then go with you and chip and y'all doubled the next day at 11 30 and getting to share in that excitement i mean i'm not gonna forget any of them so i mean what kind of question is that that's not fair yeah so i don't know i guess i don't know how you frame the question but if i had to go back to one place to hunt turkeys and i wanted to you know be on gobbling turkeys and kill one it'd be where we hunted in virginia hands down was the best hunting yeah but, I mean, that was a private farm that is babied for turkey. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> what about you? You've hunted, let's see, you've hunted Alabama, and then you have hunted Virginia, Utah, obviously, in February. was an interesting. But, yeah, I left Utah off of your list of new states. Yeah, yeah, don't forget about Utah. I, you know, it was so cold that it doesn't feel like this year even anymore. But, yeah. And... Virginia and Maryland and Delaware now. And is that all? You haven't been anywhere else this year, have you? Not yet. Not yet. But Not until tomorrow. Well, if you had to pick one of those so far, it doesn't sound like it would be Delaware. <laughs> Delaware is my Nevada. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And I really, I see now what Doc Weddle was saying about Delaware when hmm. he said that was the toughest state to kill a turkey in but it's for two reasons number one is it's tough to draw and that's if you're hunting public land number two is that getting access to private land is extremely difficult Hmm. and so you know what doc said basically was hey the population's not great and getting access to where there are turkeys is difficult and so i would say delaware is to me what Nevada is to you but as far as favorite state to hunt and favorite hunt so far of my two new states that I've killed in would be Maryland because I got got to double with a lifelong good friend and to kill at 1145 (laughs) you can hunt until noon was awesome and Chip had missed that morning so I mean what a yeah Another yeah. roller coaster roller day. Coaster. Yeah. And what I have not told you that I'm you're about to learn. in Delaware, you can hunt until one o'clock. Would you like to guess what time I killed my turkey in Delaware? Twelve forty five. Twelve fifty eight. Holy cow. <laughs> oh man. I'd have been setting the old watch hand back a few minutes if it was getting that close. 
Yeah, it's one of those where you grab the turkey and you run to the road. To the truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did it. It was real. I promise. <laughs> Don't throw me in jail. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait to hear that full story one day because I haven't heard it yet. But I had no, I knew you sent me the picture pretty late in the day. And I was like, what in the world? Yeah. That we we left from there and went and had a victory lunch. So that was uh, that was why you got that picture so late. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was it was something else. But I'm glad to check Delaware off the list and not have to go back. Yeah, except yeah, that absolutely. I do because we have to get Yankee John a bird. There. Yeah, well, at least pressure's off of you now because you you know you're done in Delaware, so that. That has to feel pretty good. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, hopefully, I'll get Delaware and you'll get Nevada now. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll be Swap good for next through. year. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. All right. What you got for me? Well, I guess for my last question, because this is it, when turkey season ends, because it is inevitable, what are you going to do between this season and next season for turkeys? When you say for turkeys, you mean? In regard to turkeys, are you going to? You know, land management-wise, are you going to... I mean, for the benefit of. Benefit of turkeys, yes. For land management or, you know, go talk to conservation officers or go try to talk to commission boards and get them to change regulations. Do you have any off-season plans? I know it's sad to think about, but, you know, yeah. you may have thought of something this first half of the season that, you know, you're thinking, I need to, I need to act, you know. Well, Something's going on, I need to act. Is there anything like that going on? Yeah, and it's something that I mentioned, I think, as a favor of the week a few weeks ago, and that was, you know, that we need to be more involved with our state game and fish departments, or our conservation advisory boards, or our legislators, whatever it happens to be, to ensure that we protect this resource that we have. And yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. I am always going to do some sort of land management. So that's... I enjoy that. That's easy. And I'm going to trap. Mm. So even in the summer when I go to my property south of Birmingham to fish, because there's weekends when I'll go on a Saturday and a Sunday, I can set my traps on Saturday and check them Sunday morning, pull them, take them back home, do it again the next week. Deer season, I'm down there typically on a Friday night and a Saturday night. I can set the traps Friday afternoon, set them Saturday afternoon, pull them on Sunday. Yep. And, you know, my goal is to pull a heck of a lot of nest predators. Absolutely. I think that's a good good goal for sure. What about you? Well, so I want to get in front of our commission. They actually let the public speak at, at some of their meetings. So I'm going to try to get in front of our commission and just kind of literally stand there and tell them my opinion on some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can throw stones at me if they want. I don't care, but... I just think action needs to be taken on the, if we can try to fix it now, we have a chance. If we get into Arkansas's position and we get down to a one week season with a one bird deal in most of our counties, I'm going to be one sad dude. Yeah. So I just can't imagine getting there. So I'm, I'm going to try to get in front of them and talk to them. And I already have dinner scheduled with a game warden who gets to kind of sit in on the behind the scenes commission meetings and he wants to hear my opinions. So anyway, I'm trying to get more into the legislative issues that may need to happen here in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then I also am going to trap. 
So this year during duck season, somebody out of me and my brothers drives through our place to duck hunt every day of the season for 60 days, which is December and January. So I'm going to get them on board and we're going to have traps set along the route of driving to the duck hole and just have them checked every day and refilled and set after something gets caught and killed, you know? Yeah. I didn't even think about it till January this year. I was like, this is stupid. Why have we not been trapping for two months? Because we have somebody coming here that can check them every day, you know? On the drive out from your duck hunt, you just drive up, look, 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 you know? I don't know why we haven't been doing that. Yeah. So I think we're going to kind of try to get a predator whack job going for, uh, December and January, we're going to hopefully stack them up. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to try to obviously educate myself a little more on fall gobbler hunting for this coming October. Try to get another fall gobbler. Awesome. That's kind of my off-season plans. Lots of cooking, lots of book reading. There you go. Two things you enjoy. Yeah, I haven't read any books and I haven't cooked hardly any meals since turkey season started. But I'll ramp that back up once I can't hunt anymore. (laughs) You better get to cooking. Yeah, I know. You're feeding a baby. I'm feeding three of us now. That's right. One of us eats for two, so I got to I gotta get back to it for sure. But yeah, that's kind of my plan. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. This has been interesting. Yeah, good. You know, it's not an interview or a live hunt or anything, but me and you don't get to just chat about our thoughts for a whole show very often. So I think it's good every now and then. Yeah, yep. I enjoyed it. So do you have a favor of the week? I know you gave one last week. Do you have a favor of the week for this week? If not, I can take one. I'll go with the same one as as we've been doing since this is still pretty early in the process, and that is support our sponsor. Because this week's episode and next week's episode and last week's episode are all brought to you by the Real Cajun Market and Cullen Lord. He is the sponsor of our show, so he has a sausage company called the Real Cajun Market. I believe they also do crab cakes and a few other food items. And you can order from him and have it delivered directly to your door in a cooler, frozen, ready to go. And they're all cooked and ready to serve. You just heat and eat. So it's pretty easy. All kinds of sausages. They're andouille. You got boudin, which is incredible. You got jalapeno and pineapple and all these crazy combinations that make for these these incredible sausages they're big thick sausages great for turkey road trips the real cajun market he's on facebook i think he's way more active on facebook than instagram but facebook would be a good place to message him or you can contact his wife ann and andy has her phone number it is six seven eight four seven one 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 five zero and I told you guys last week that we're going to do a giveaway. Someone who shows us a copy of their receipt for their order to the Real Cajun Market and willing to do that. But as of right now, I don't know what the giveaway is going to be because I don't even know what all I have at the house. You're <laughs> not even at the house. Yeah, I know I have a decoy to give away. I know I have at least two turkey calls, if not four five or six and I know I've got some other things I don't know what all I have so I'm going to go through that I'm going to give some of that away all of it's new in the packaging and ready to be shipped out so I'm forward to doing a giveaway I always have fun with those yeah yeah so we'll we'll get that planned out once you get home and we're back to recording from the home place but 
that's still this week's favorite of the week. Go support our sponsor, The Real Cajun Market. Excellent. Well, then cool. let's wrap this thing up and call it a week. Wrap it up. Send me a picture of a Massachusetts gobbler in the morning, and we'll talk about that next week. We're going to do it to it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. You have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.